Hi, I'm Edwin Dale. Welcome to my podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about knowing God. There's two questions that I want to start this episode out with. The first one is, do you know God? Do you know him? The second question is, how well do you know him? It's one thing to know someone and have an acquaintance. It's another thing to know someone in a relationship that you can talk to them, that you can be with them, that you can love them and have compassion for them. That's the kind of relationship God designed for you and I have. He wants us to be his children. He wants us to understand that he is our father God. And the question is, can you call him father? Christians, we have the privilege to call him father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he washed our sins, and we became a member of the family of God. So that gives us the privilege to say, Father God, Abba Father. If you're not a believer, you can also be able to call him Father God only if you're his child. And the way to become his child is the same way we did, and that's to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then and only then. Can you refer to him as father? Knowing someone in an intimate fashion where you can walk with them and talk with them anytime you want to, that's the kind of relationship we're driving for in this episode. Let me tell you a story that I think will give you an idea of what it is to know someone. In 1978, I was living in Arkansas and was quite a football fan. And I was, uh, at that time, the Arkansas Razorbacks with Lou Holtz as the head football coach. Later went on to win a national championship at Notre Dame. But he was at Arkansas for the 78 season. And he had to play in the Orange Bowl against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was number two in the country, probably headed for a national championship. The Razorbacks were number six. And Coach Holtz had just dismissed three star players from his team the week before the the Orange Bowl. So he was handicapped going in. But if you know anything about Lou Holtz, he is a motivator. And he got his team ready, and they beat Oklahoma. And Lou was quite a popular figure in the state of Arkansas at that time. And one winter morning, I I was sitting in my tractor dealership, and it was cold, and the activity was not very heavy that morning because farmers were not coming in to do anything. And I was bored. So I decided Lou Holtz is so popular, how could I profit off of his popularity? And I came up with this crazy idea to create a doll. Yes, a doll, D-O-L-L, of Lou Holtz and market it and make some money off of it. I had a couple of friends I talked to about it. And, of course, they thought I was crazy, but they wanted to join in. Everybody wants to join in if they think it might be okay. So we all decided that 
I'd call Coach Holtz and see if, in fact, he would give us permission to do that. Because we found out, in fact, if you copy someone's face, that is their trademark, and you cannot do it without their permission. Well, I guess you could, but you're going to be in trouble. So we called him. And when I got him on the phone, I told him what I wanted. He, he kind of laughed and said, well, I don't know that I, I want to become a doll. However, and we had told him we would give him part of the money of each doll that sold. He could give it to charity or he could do whatever he wanted to. And the rest would be our profit. So he agreed to that. He said, but I've got to see a doll. I, and I've got to let my wife look at it to make sure that she approves it. So we said, okay, we'll get you a doll. So in the meantime, we contacted people in New York who had doll people in Hong Kong, and we told them exactly what we wanted, a replica of Lou Holtz, just like he was on the football field at the Razorback games with his at same attire that he wore every week. Our doll comes in, looks great. So we go back to Fayetteville, Arkansas, with the doll in hand, talking to Coach Holtz. We show him the doll. He says, you're going to have to go talk to my wife, Beth. She's got a tennis shop downtown. If she approves it, I'll let you go ahead. So we went downtown, Fayetteville, to the tennis shop and talked to Coach Holster's wife, and she agreed that it was okay. So we went back, and he said, okay, get it ready. Stay with me and let me know what's going on, how many we're going to sell, and all that. I said, okay. So we go back home, and we start. we get the doll shipped to us and we start marking it through banks and savings and loans in Arkansas. They kind of use it as a premium gift. We were successful with it for a while. And during that four months that we were dealing with Lou Holtz, I got to know him well. I'd sit in his office and we'd talk football. We would talk world events. He's the kind of guy that has a twinkle in his eye with a little pipe in his mouth that he used to smoke and drinking a diet Dr. Pepper. That was his favorite drink. And we would sit there and talk about different things. He's a charming man. He's also a motivator. And so in that period of time, I got to know Lou well enough that I could call him and talk to him. He called and gave me several tickets for ball games. So we got to be pretty good buddies for a period of time. Now, when that time ended, when the doll sales quit and I had no more contact with Lou, and as a matter of fact, I haven't talked to him in over 45 years, I guess. So I was a friend of him, and I knew him at a point in time. And my point is, I think that sometimes Christians, as we're saved, we know God early on in our Christian life. It's right after our point of salvation. We're on fire. We're reading our word. We're praying. And then we drift away, just like I drifted away from my relationship with Lou Holtz. It just happened. And it happens to Christians sometimes that get involved in the world, get involved with activities that they don't have time, they think, to have the prayer time, the study time, the time to talk with their Heavenly Father. So that happens. And and. When that happens, you lose contact and, and the joy and the peace that you were having with your Heavenly Father. Relationships are built on knowing someone well enough that you can communicate with them. You can ask them for advice. You can help them. You can, you can love them. You can care for them. 
I think one of the relationships that is, you know, is part of my life is my wife. I've been, we dated for a few years and then we got married. We've been married within two months, 57 years. I know her. I know her attributes. I know her nature. She knows my attributes, my pitfalls and my nature. And we can, we can almost speak to each other. Some words come out of my mouth and sometimes she could say the same thing to someone because we know each other that well. We have lived together night and day for many years. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with his children. He wants the kind of relationship that we come to him and we we pray and we study his word and we listen to him speak. And so that's where we're trying to head in this process this morning. Let's talk about the characteristics of God and the nature of God. It's, it's kind of hard to figure out how to know him when you don't have all this in front of you. And the first, the first introduction you have to God is through the scripture. And it's in Genesis 1.1, in the very beginning of the Bible, the very first verse, you get a introduction to God. It says in the first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We do know that about him. We know that he created everything. And it says in verse number two, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, that's what we know about him. We know that he was from infinity. He had no beginning and no ending. This is our God. If we go on down to Genesis 1.26, we find out a little bit more about God. Verse 26 then says, then God, this is after he created everything, and he realized that there wasn't anything to enjoy what he created. And he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, those plural pronouns are actually referring to the triune God, which will be another episode at a later time. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They were all there. And they're all God. No difference. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So knowing God involves knowing his attributes, his character, and all of his ways. So that we know him for who he is. And our introduction that we just read of the Almighty God has no specific attributes mentioned. Not a lot about his nature explained. So the question is, how then do we know him well? How can we know him well with what we have here? And the answer to that is it takes a lot more experiences with him, reading him, reading his word, having prayer with him. It takes a lot of that before you're ever going to know. It takes a lot of that in any relationship that you'd have. I think that if I ask, what is the key to truly knowing God? What is the key to truly knowing God? 
I think in order to truly know God, we must first acknowledge our sin and repent. And we must accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, believing in him for salvation. When that takes place, we become a child of his. And then the door opens for us to truly know God. We can at that moment call him Abba Father. Can you call him Father? The only true way to know someone is to spend time with them. And we, in the primary manner, Christians spend time with God, and we do it through spending time in his word, relying on the Holy Spirit to teach us and give us understanding. That is so important. There's been times that I've read scripture and I couldn't understand it. And I, I would come back and I'd say, God, let the Holy Spirit direct me and give me understanding and discernment in this scripture so I can understand it. And sometimes it would just open up immediately and I would understand. It might take some time if if there's a if there's something he wants to show you to help you learn that. But the Holy Spirit's working to teach you God's word. The Holy Spirit is so important to us in the growing process as we go through our study. In the Gospel of John, John talks about God, and he goes back and, and almost takes it back to the beginning in Genesis 1, because he says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, in the beginning was a word. That's, that's referring to Jesus Christ. And the word was with God. So Jesus was in infinity, just like God was. No beginning. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus had a hand in the creation. He was it. Then we go down to John 14, verses 1 through 20. And I think as Jesus was talking to his apostles, they knew that soon he was going to be leaving. He had told them that he was going to have to die on the cross, that, they, that he was going to be put to death. And on the third day, he would arise, and then he would go into heaven, ascend into heaven. That bothered them simply because they had been with him night and day for three years. They, he had been training them to do what needs to be done when he left this world. And they were scared, frightened, which we all would be because he's, he's walking away. And they realized they were going to be without him physically walking at their side. He gives them some comfort. What he tells them is about in the, in the eternal part of it, he says, and I go and prepare a place for you. This is John 14, verse 20. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again, and I will take you to myself where I am. You may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. So he's, he's telling them, I'm going to prepare something for you, and you know the way I'm going. Well. That confused them. And Thomas, the doubter, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? And Jesus said to him, 
Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's that statement that Jesus made. If you're going to know the Father, if you're going to be with the Father, you've got to go through Jesus. It's the only way, he says. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Because in me, you have seen him. That's what he's saying to him. And Philip said to him at this point, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves, the miracles that I've done, the things that you've seen, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. Believe those things and know that I am who I'm supposed to, who I say I am. I hope and pray that, that all of our listeners this morning have tuned in with a desire to have a relationship with God through Jesus led by the Holy Spirit. Just like relationships you have with other people you love, he is a relational God. And getting to know him is having a relation with Jesus. You build this by four things, by talking to him, by praying. You have to have that time where you can pray to your heavenly father. It doesn't have to always be in a quiet time. You can pray in the chaos of life. Things may be going on that you, that you're, as you're working, as you're doing something and you have to pray and you can give your prayer because he is in, in living in you. The Holy Spirit indwells you so you can talk to it anytime, anytime you want to. Then you have to listen to it. There's ways to listen to him. We read his word. We, we, we look at nature. We look at experiences that take place in our life. We hear preachers talk sometimes. We hear teachers talk. There's just many ways that we have to learn to open our ears and listen to him. And then we have to study him. We have to go into the scriptures and we have to study and understand that the Holy Spirit can open scriptures up to where we will know about God. We even can join other people in Bible studies, small groups at church. So I would say this is the area that we need the most help in, is getting to know God in a real personal way. You have that privilege. Jesus opened the door so you and I have access to the Heavenly Father through Jesus. So go to it. Open your heart up. Have a relationship with him. I hope God blesses you and seeks you to know him better. Thank you.